Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, a large portion of scripture, and it may be a familiar story that some of us have heard. It says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tomb a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling amongst the tombs. And no one can bind him, even not even with chains, because he had been often bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountain and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones." When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you or I beg you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of that man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, Jesus asked the man, What is your name? And he answered saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged them earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. This was actually the first case of deviled hand. And the herd ran violently. I stole that from somebody. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled. And they told it in the city and in the country and went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told how it happened to him and who had been demon possessed and about the swine then they began to plead with him to depart from their region which is crazy and when he got in the boat watch this he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him however jesus did not permit him but said to him go home to your friends and tell them what great things the lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you and he departed and began to proclaim in the capitalists all that Jesus had done and all marveled. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea. I hope you're taking notes. Make them marvel. Make them marvel. Oh God, we love you. And we thank you for this opportunity that we have to just come before your presence, Lord God, whether we're here in person or we're watching online, Lord. I pray, Father, that it would be your words and not my own. Father, let me decrease. Get me out of the picture. My frailties, my flaws, my insecurities, Father, I pray that you would allow for them, Lord God, to be put to the side. And I pray, Father, that you would be in the midst of this fire, Lord, and that you would allow, Lord, for your word to go forth in such a beautiful way, Lord, that it would cause change. May it not just be wisdom and knowledge that we hear in our ears, but, Father, I pray that it would penetrate our hearts, Lord God, and that our life would be moved to action with the words that we hear from your scripture. Dear Jesus, we give you this entire service, Lord God. We give you this word, and, Father, we're excited to hear from you, Lord. It's in your beautiful name that we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. 
amen and amen. Make them marvel. Make them marvel. I, uh, both of my boys who were here, I usually like talking in front of them because I could preach to them while I'm up here, but I'm trusting that Nunzi's going to preach to them too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because my kids are ratchet. Perfect kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got perfect kids because I'm a perfect father. Because I do everything perfect because I am perfect. You feel me, Keith? Like, I'm, I'm a perfect dad. Yo, I'm laughing. We moved up here to Georgia. When we moved up here to Georgia, we were church planning. When you're church planning, you eat way too much food. Way too much food because you're meeting with different people. You're hanging out. And Jason Peebles, he want to go to Longhorn every day. So we go hang out and we're just constantly eating. So I gained a lot of weight. So what did I do? I said, yo, I'm going to buy a treadmill. I bought a treadmill and I, you know, we, we got some points because of some, I don't even know what it was. We ended up getting some points and we got a really nice Mac daddy. That's old term for really good treadmill. And we got this treadmill, right? So you have minutes, you can put your MPHs, that's miles per hour. You know what I'm talking about? This is workout people stuff. Y'all don't know about that. So we have all of this stuff. I got this treadmill and I started to use that mug. Probably, I, use, I probably went like 30 minutes once a week. Um, and don't judge me. And I would get on this, on this treadmill and it was like super fun. So you, you got your speeds or whatnot that you can go. You can go one, two, three, four, five. You can go all the way up. And, you know, my kids saw me on this treadmill and I was doing it. And one day I ran for five straight minutes, bro. Yeah. Out of eight. That's a big deal. Y'all not even, I don't, y'all, y'all don't even appreciate that. Y'all don't even appreciate that. It's a big deal. So I was getting it. Ah, like if I'm running from the police, ah, ah, I'm running. When my kids see it, when my kids see it, they're like, Daddy, I want to do the same thing. So I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I put Ramses on there. Ramses goes on there. He, you know, first couple of, you know, things he's, he's getting in and, you know, he's running. I get him up to about a five. At about a five, the joking stopped. He dead serious. Now he's looking straight forward. He doesn't want to play. I put it up to about six or seven at that moment. And you would think that like the devil came and scared him. He's like, Papa, he looks at me with that face. When he looks at my face, I'm like, okay, I got you. So I got my hand on the back of his shirt. While he's running, I'm like, don't worry about it. Papi got you. Like, you're good. And he keeps running. And then when we got to about a seven, when he got to an eight, he just saw his legs started going and he wasn't even taking steps. He said, Papi, please stop, please stop, please stop. So I go and I hit it, bring it down. He's good. And, you know, I grab him and, and bring him off. Well, Levi, if you have siblings, then you know that your sibling, younger or older, is not going to let you outdo them. So every single time, I guarantee you, Isaac, you know about this with Ricky? This man, Levi said, well, papi, I want to get on there. This isn't even about working out now. This is not about getting exercise, fit, none of that. He says, I'm going to do a nine. Like, bro, you's a lie. <laughs> but I said, I'm going to watch this, dog. I'm like, okay, I got you. So Levi gets on there. And Levi's a little bit more, you know, he's a little, probably a little bit more athletic. You know what I mean? He's a lot more faster. So he gets up there. He gets to about a five. He's joking the whole time. He's like doing all type of tricks and stuff on it. He's like laughing. Then I get about six. At that very moment, I see his countenance change. He's like, and now this thing is going. And he's trying to put his hands. And I'm like, no, take your hands off the side. You got to run. And he's like, but puppy, this is fast. I put him up to a seven. So at a seven, he's getting it. He's like, I told you I could do it. He gets to the eight. Bro, when he gets to the eight, bro, I see this look of horror on his face. So what I do, and the eight is like miles per hour. Like the thing is moving super fast. So I say to him, Bobby, don't worry about it. Go. You're going to go to a nine. You're a big guy. He said, no, daddy, please, Bobby, please. So I grab him by the shirt, just like I did his brother. 
But at this moment, instead of allowing for me to hit the button, Levi tries to put his, do you remember this? Levi tries to put his feet on the side of it and grab on both sides while I got him. Well, bro, he misplaced one of those steps. That boy went flying, bro. I got to explain to his mom why her son almost died. I'm like, buddy, are you okay? He's just sitting there. Now, Ramses is laughing at him because that's what big brothers do, right, Isaac? Like, that's what they do. They laugh at you in your pain. You hurt yourself. Ha <laughs> ha, stupid. <laughs> Levi's crying there, and now I'm having to explain to his mom why his son just, like, almost died. Like, he literally went across the room. It was funny because as I was living this story, I began to think about it even as I started to write this message. It's hilarious how... Things in Levi's life went from bad to worse. Levi was scared. He thought he was going to die. And then two seconds later, that boy was out of there. What happens in life is that that's kind of what life does to us sometimes. Things just go from bad to worse on a regular. It's like the car has issue and now the microwave don't work. It's like, I got to deal with her at work, but then I got to come home to this crazy man. And it's just like, stop, don't say nothing, wives. Look at me in my face. <laughs> it's like, you, you just, things just go from bad to worse sometimes. And it's crazy because it feels like it's always in tandem. Like, you hear bad news from this person, and then, and then this happened to this person. And before you know it, it feels like life just bundles stuff up. The disciples and Jesus, they, they get to this place, and it's Gada Renas. Gadarenas. It's a it's an island, or but it's not an island. It's a part of the sea where they get to actual land. And when they land there to the island of Gadarenas, I want you to understand because it's important for you to understand why that word is so is so important even to this message. Because the word Gadarenas means those who come from fight or a reward at the end. So basically, what it's saying is that those have come from a fight. And now there is a reward for them. Amen. Matthew chap Mark chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus and the disciples have been healing and preaching and they had an entire revival going on. And all of a sudden, while they have all this revival going on, towards the end of the evening, they're like, yo, it's time to go. Like, we got to go. We got some place we got to be. They get in a boat. The Bible says that Jesus is at the stern of the boat and he's laying down. And the Bible is, I love how it explains so descriptively. He's on a pillow. I can imagine he got like drooled. Yeah, Jesus drooled. He got like drooled. He knocked out. And all of a sudden there's this huge storm that comes and the boat is rocking and the waves are happening. And here it is now that the disciples are sitting there and they're watching this entire deal. And it says that fear has entered into their hearts. They're terrified and they're thinking we're gonna die and bruh sleeping like Jesus has knocked out, like, Papa, wake up, like we're going to die. Well, the Bible says that Jesus wakes up, and this is an entire message in and of itself. It's an entire series. Jesus wakes up. He rebukes the waves and the wind, and then he goes back to sleep. He turns to the disciples before then, and he says to them, why don't you have faith? Why are you so scared? The disciples, this man goes to sleep. They said that they marveled within them because they were like, yo, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? I mean, yo, could you imagine like you're sitting in the ocean and some of y'all would never understand this. Y'all from Georgia, like y'all got Lake Lanier. That's the, the scariest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> There's only one person in this world that loves to go to Lake Lanier and that's Jason Peoples. He'll take you. He'll take you scuba diving. You might not make it back, but God bless you. But yo, like you can imagine you're in a boat. 
And please understand that this isn't like, you didn't have like, there was no electricity. You know what I'm talking about? Like it was oars. Like you're like, heave, ho, heave. There is no electricity. This is Jesus' time. And there's a huge storm and you're just rocking and rolling with it. Hey, rock with it. Hey, it just, you're like, I'm going to die. We're all going to die. Everything that happened, we're all going to die. And this is there were little boats around them. So I can only imagine the people that were in the other little boats. To the point that they get so scared that they fear for their life. Yo, you need to understand who we're talking about here. This is Peter. Yo, Peter was a fisherman. Peter stayed in some rough waters. This thing had to be big enough to scare Peter. Think about the storm that we're talking about. The waves and the wind, they obey Jesus. As soon as they get to the other side, you think this hell that we just been through, we're about to get to this island. I'm just ready. I could only imagine it was probably like John because he's the beloved of the Lord. You know, he was throwing up everywhere. If Lydia was on that boat, oh man, it would have been a bad, it would have been a bad deal. I can imagine they're all throwing up there and then they get to the, they get to the edge of the city. And when they get to Gadaranas, all of a sudden there's a man that runs from the tombs toward with a demon, some old walking dead ah, type deal. And walks up to Jesus. The, the Bible says that Jesus got out of the boat. It didn't say the disciples got out of the boat. They're like, bro, do your best. You're on your own, Jesus. You got this one. Do it. Do that thing that you do. Yo, they're, they're walking from one fight into another fight. Yo, that's, that's literally what life looks like for us a lot of times. It's like it's, it's COVID and I got to deal with all of this stuff. And now, and now my boss is telling me that I got to do this stuff. And then I got to go home because now my kids, they got 14 different contact traits. And I feel like every other week they're calling me, telling me, yeah, there was somebody in the school and you're, they got to stay home for three days and you don't know what you're going to do. So you're just like, yo, it's you and the Nintendo. God bless you. And you just, you, <laughs> you don't know. And it's just like, yo, I mean, just thing after things, after things, after things, after things. I want you to see something though. Because in the midst of all of the things around you, the very fact that you're still listening to me, whether in person here in this building or you're watching online, it means that you were built for that stuff. Because there are things inside of you that God has strengthened you with that, yo, there are problems that if other people faced half of the stuff that you faced, they wouldn't be able to make it. Because I, I can guarantee you that there's some of you in your room that here that before you were married or maybe when you were younger or maybe you are younger, you had that one breakup and you thought it was over. My life is dead. I'm, nobody likes me. I'm ugly. I'm never going to be able to be with anybody again. You cried. If you were in Miami, you listened to the Power Love Hour. Here, what do they have? Like, what, yeah, exactly. You were sitting there listening to Nobody by Keith Sweat and you're like, nobody loves me. It's just, it just bad. Fellas, y'all were the same way. You were sitting there. You ain't want to let your homeboys know, but you were crying because your little portable phone didn't move anymore. Nobody called you anymore. No pictures liking on Instagram for the new people. Like, I mean, just you thought it was over, but yo, then you, you, you got past it. And indeed, for some of us, we got married. Praise the Lord. And you look on Facebook, you're like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, I almost messed up. Don't laugh too hard. Don't laugh too hard. Don't laugh too hard. Don't laugh too hard. But yo, it's like the things that have come to attack you and the things that you think were going to end and the things that feel like they're mounted up on top of each other. Yo, you're still breathing. Yo, God, though you enter into the fight, we've misquoted this scripture for so long. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, right? The, the, the problem with that is that we forget that a conqueror has to go through a fight. 
They, you you got to have a little bit of scars. You got two or three black eyes. You got your lip busted a couple of times. But yo, you're still here. You're still strong. You're still able. That should encourage you to let you know that whether you go and you end up in a gadarenas and you get to another place where it's those who come from fight and you got to fight again. Yo, there's something inside of you, a resiliency, a strength that God has birthed. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ in the next season of life is going to be stronger than it ever has because though our numbers have been cut in half, though we have half of you guys watching online, we love you so much. And some of y'all just disappeared. I ain't seen y'all in about a year I have and I probably won't see you for another 30 years God bless you God is still in control lives are still being changed salvation is still entering into people's hearts and into homes God is still going to do the work but I believe that the church's best days are ahead of her because you stripped Jesus has stripped the fluff away he's removed the people who didn't really know about they were like yeah I like the whole Jesus thing I just go to punch my card and say Jesus I did it and then go and I'll, I'll see you back in Christmas and in Easter and God has kind of sifted a little bit of that and he's beginning to raise up leaders that's why even with some of the messages and the series that we've been having here at greater church they're not these little cookie cutter salvation only get saved and the world is going to be peaches and roses we got some strong topics that we've been talking about because god actually wants to do something when we come out of this season there is an out I, listen to me man covid is not going to last forever eventually something's going to happen once they figure out Certain people stop making certain amount of money, but that's not neither here nor there. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Cut that from the tape. Erase that from the tape. Get the nail polish and put the, cut it and then get the nail polish. I remember that with the tapes and you actually put that. You remember that? You should put, Lydia put tape on the, on the tapes. I put nail polish. It would mesh the two little things together. Uh, has nothing to do with this message. But I believe that we are going to go into a season where the things that you're learning here, and I'm hopefully you're applying them, you're going to start watching that. There's some strength and some resiliency that not only do you have, but you're going to need it in the next season. Because I believe the church of Jesus Christ is going to be stronger. It's going to be better for this season. Season is not going to last forever. I promise you, I don't care what you're hearing in the news. It's not going to last forever. But if we don't have this thing inside of us and we don't go into the next fight with the strength from the last fight, it's going to be harder and harder and harder. Little is known about who this man was. The man doesn't even have a name. They just call him the man who had a demon inside of him. The demon-possessed man. That was the identity and the title that they had given to him. This man, the only thing it says is that he was in the tombs. It says that he would be bound up and shackled with shackles and chains. And that he would cry and that he would try to cut himself. And this is all we get of a description of who this man is. This man who, for him to be in that type of state, probably had to do some pretty bad things. For them to separate you away from society and try to bind you with chains. And then imagine this. Every chain they put on you, you break. I'm, come on, man. What are we talking about here? Like, yo, I don't, I don't, you, how do you break chains? Because there was something at play in him, which you'll hear in just a second, that was a lot stronger than who this man was. The Bible says so much, so little is known. It says that he hung around the tombs. That he was around tombs. Tombs are where they would bury dead people. They would put people in these tombs. And this man, day and night, he would hang around those tombs. And that's kind of where he stayed. And if I'm honest with you, and if you will be real, uh, this is what my life looked like for so long. And some of us, we're still living in that space now where we're hanging around the tombs as well. Uh, dead seasons in our life. Uh, things that happened to us that happened at the past church or happened in the past relationship or happened at the past job or in my last friendship. And we, we hang 
hang around those seasons where we were brokenhearted, where we didn't know how we were going to get out of this season. And it feels like we're just hanging around those things every single day. I'm waiting for her to do what he did to me. I'm waiting for him to say that. And we're, we're stuck in these seasons of just like pain and hurt. And for some of us, it goes even deeper. For some of us, we've had these real traumas that have happened. We talked about this on the first week of this series, Spiritual Authority, where we talked about traumas that happen to us when we're younger. And our identity gets shifted because when the trauma happens to us, when the pain happens to us, we begin to put up whatever walls and barriers we know so that we won't get hurt again. And all of those warriors, walls and barriers, they become our identity now. Now you hard or now you, you don't take crap from nobody or now you don't trust anybody or uh, now you ain't got no new friends and you have all of these walls that you put up that they're fake because you sit at home and you you wish that you had a boyfriend you wish you had a friend I want to go hang out you mad at people on Instagram when you swipe up you're like oh they hanging out they didn't even call me I don't care you do care stop like it, it bothers you but there's so much hurt inside of you that you've allowed for these walls to happen because you can't get free of that season for some of us, they're just dead people in our life. They're still dead people in our life. When you're dead, you're not producing anything. You're not moving forward. You're not giving anything. You're just stuck. A dead thing doesn't move. It doesn't have no action. It doesn't have no life to it. And this is what some of our relationship looks like. We have people and we pick them up. Let's go to the movies and they're just dead. And yo, let's go to the bar and they're just dead and they're just dragging you along and you're steadily hanging with them. Yo, listen to me. Please pay attention. If that's your husband or your wife, let's talk later because that, if they're dead, we'll bring them back to life. Praise the Lord. I'm not talking about them. But there's some friends, might even be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. There's some people in your life, man, that you, you got to stop walking around the tombs, man. Like you, you've hung around long enough with them. Yeah, but they need me. For what? For what? Because you giving them 14 different advices and they still ain't done none of them. And you told them every single time they called you and you told them, hey, listen, this is what you need to do. And guess what they did? The opposite. Bro, at some point, you, you got to say, hey, listen, man, I love you and you're amazing and yo, God bless you. Go to church. Jesus loves you. And you, you have to cut off some dead relationships in your own personal life. Tino, that's not what a Christian should do. Okay, keep hanging around the tombs. God bless you. Do your best. But if I'm honest with you, in my own personal life, there's some people that will not allow me to enter into the season that God has given to me. God, there's an assignment over my life. I can't be sitting here wasting my time, not with people, because I'm always going to spend my time, not waste my life with people. But there are certain people in my life that I can't have you holding back, especially if you know how to fast, if you know how to pray, if you know how to chase after Jesus, you know about church, you know how to read your Bible. Yo, I love you, but bro, you got enough Jesus. You, Jesus will explain to you what your next season looks like. I need people right now that are broken hurting i'm gonna chase them i'm gonna chase the man that smokes too much weed i'm gonna chase the girl that has too much sex i'm gonna chase the guy that does too much drugs i need to go after the people that are broken and hurting because that's my assignment that's my mission and if you want to sit here and talk about how the gifts of the spirit are no longer active in the, today's generation because see in the yo, i don't want to sit here and talk about that stuff i don't want to talk no more about how this happened to you at this church half the time that ain't happened to you at the church you just sold too much gossip, you talk too much, you argue too much, you scream and you lie too much about people, but then you blame it on the pastor and the church. I'm sorry, that wasn't in my notes. I'm sorry, we're going to go over here. Let's go to my notes. In John 3.16, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Yo, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and eat from that crop anymore. 
And I hope that you don't. Because if you find yourself dwelling in dead seasons, you're going to watch as your assignment, your destiny, your purpose, the things inside of you begin to die. And the things that you had so much, oh, I want to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, and now all of a sudden you're in a group where you're just like, I remember that one day I wanted to do that, but nah, we're just, we're living here. I was talking to the team at LEAD. Um, for those of us that serve on team, we meet every single morning, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And we have a leadership talk. And I asked them, if I have COVID, <laughs> I don't have COVID. <laughs> if I have COVID and all of you are in the room, if I walk into the room, are you going to give me my he your health? Like, am I going to all of a sudden, yeah, if you pray in the name of Jesus right now, receive it right now, obviously, yeah, for sure, I'll get healed. I'm already healed. Boom, look, you did it. But if, if I have COVID and I'm sick, if I have a flu, if I have a, if I have, if I have a flu, I have something that's contagious. If I walk into the room, will you give me your health? No, I'm probably going to give you my sickness. That's the way that it works, right? What if that happens in the spiritual realm too? What if you're taking on stuff that doesn't belong to you? But because of the dead things that you keep hanging around with, you find yourself still living in those things. My hope, my desire is that we would walk away from these dead things and that we would actually start bringing health to people. Get around some people that are healthy. If you get around people who are going to eat hamburgers and McDonald's all day long, you're probably going to be 240 and mad at yourself. But if you get around some people like Tommy, Kev, Quincy, people who want to work out, and all the other workout people. Don't, I'm not, divine, you too. Amen. Praise the Lord. But if you get around those people, you're going to start watching as you start getting more healthy and things are, are starting to look a lot better to you. This man would hang around the tombs, and not only would he hang around the tombs, but he would actually cry, the Bible says, and he would cut himself. And see, what will happen though is that we find ourselves, if we continue to hang around dead season and dead people sometimes, then we feel like we're stuck. And I don't know if you've ever felt, I remember grabbing the kids when I would wrestle with them and I would hold them tight and they would just scream, Bobby, I can't breathe. It's like, you're lying. You can breathe, but you're scared. Like I just, I hold them and they'll be like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And it, it just, you ever felt like that? Like you're just stuck? Like you just wake up in the morning, you're like, I can't make enough money. I can't do enough. I can't do, it's just like, ah, you're just like, you just, you just feel like you're stuck in a season. Like I'm saying, you might have a big house and you might be able to move all around your house, but you just feel like you're compacted, like all the problems are on you. The more that you dwell around dead seasons and dead people, the more that that's going to feel like, and the more that not only are you going to cry, but you're going to begin to hurt yourself. Now let me, I, we, we are it. We're good. Not, not yet. I'll, I'll let you know when. You made it too holy. I don't want it to be too holy. I want to have still ratchet jokes. You can turn it off. I still want to have jokes. But, <laughs> but, but the more that you hang around dead seasons, the more that you hang around dead people, the more not only are you going to cry and you're going to feel like you're, gonna, you're stuck, but the more that you're going to hurt yourself. Now, the hurting yourself, it may look like suicide. That's something that's real. That's something that people are dealing with. It's crazy that we talk a lot about COVID, but the numbers right under COVID are suicide. Uh, deaths, guys, not hospitalizations, deaths. The deaths of people losing their life are right under the COVID numbers. We're not talking about that, but it's something that people do. But you know that there's other ways that you hurt yourself. Some of you hurt yourself by having sex with a person you ain't supposed to have sex with. 
And because of the dead season that you're in, you feel like, yo, I went through this and they treated me as if I was cheap. I feel cheap. And then you step into relationships with that cheap identity, not understanding that you are royalty, you're heirs, you're children of the most high God. But what happens is because of the things, the dead seasons of your life that you have not, the tombs that are around you that you haven't dealt with and walked away from. Now, all of a sudden you start hurting yourself. You're spending way too much time on the PlayStation. You're spending way too much time on Netflix. Though these things inherently, you think about them, they're like, no, they're good. I watch Netflix. I play on the PlayStation. I do these things. But what will happen, though, is that you'll begin to dwell in those places. And all of a sudden, those things will start consuming you. Now it's not an hour once a week that you get on a PlayStation, a Netflix, hanging around too much with the fellas. You're at the bar way too long. Now all of a sudden this turns into a lifestyle and now it's hours upon hours. It's days that you're spending because now, believe it or not, you're hurting yourself with these moments. You're actually digging into the DNA and the things that God has done. You're actually hurting the very relationship and the marriage that God has given to you because you're doing things that honestly, like you're wasting time there and you're hurting yourself. Some of us, we hurt ourselves mentally so much. We begin to think to ourselves, man, I'm just, I'm never going to have that job. I'm never going to have that relationship. And yo, we just, everything we do, like we got an opportunity in front of us. Yo, I got a job for you. Listen, I'm going to pay you $30 an hour. You just got to work 20 hours a week. All you have to do is just, is just breathe. Like just, just show up. Just get up in the morning and just show up. I got benefits, dental, medical, brain insurance. I don't even know that's the thing. I got mental, spiritual. I got everything. You got all the insurances. Insurances on top of insurances. I'm taking care of it. I'm paying for it. These opportunities get presented to you and you begin to think to yourself, hurting yourself. Watch this. That's not true. That's not going to last. They're going to end up firing me. Something's going to happen there. It's not going to work. And you start hurting opportunities that God has actually brought to your life. You single and you love the Lord and you've been praying, Lord, I just want somebody to read the Bible with. Just give me somebody, Lord God. And all of a sudden, God brings you somebody who maybe the packaging might not look all good for her or for him. Or maybe the packaging looks good, but then you look at them and you're just like, this is not true because you're hiding. There's something in there. You can't be real. This is too good for me. And now you're starting to hurt yourself because you're hanging around dead seasons, bro. Because you're still stuck around dead people and dead seasons. And now this is causing you to actually cry out. Not only cry out, but now you're sitting there and you're hurting yourself in so many different ways. And I can continue with example after example after example after example. But hopefully I don't have to. This man, the Bible says, had chains and shackles that were binding him. And it just felt like he just couldn't get out of them. I mean, just breaking those things. But if you put shackles on me and you put chains on me, that's significant or that explains to me, it illustrates to me that I'm stuck, that I'm not able to move in the direction that I want to move. If I'm chained to a pole or if my hands are chained, then I feel like I'm stuck. And if I'm honest with you, my feet and my legs, my legs and my arms are are chained. I might not have a a legion is 6,000. That's what it was for Roman centurions at this time when they used the word legion, it meant 6,000. So this man had 6,000 demons in him. Imagine the things that he did wrong. Imagine how much wrong he did. I'll talk about that in a second. But if I'm chained up like this, in reality, I can't move. 
I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be able to move. I'm not going to be able to do anything. But I feel like for those of us that we feel like this man who has the demon possessed man who have been around the tombs, around dead things too long, around dead seasons. And we've allowed for ourselves to cry so much and to be shackled so much, I mean, to be hurt so much that we begin to hurt ourselves. But then a lot of the times this is what we look like. I, I tried to go to therapy and I talked to the therapist. I just I just can't get out of this. I, I did the THC, not the THC. What's the other one? The CBD. Don't do the THC. That's the bad one. That's the bad one. I did the CBD. I did the gummies. I did the edibles of the THC. I did, I, I drank because it said it makes the heart merry. I, you know, I, I went to the gym. I went to the, I felt like I did all those things. I started reading the book with my wife, bro. And I started doing all this love language stuff. And I was like, okay, babe, I'm not going to ask you for sex three times a day. Only once a week. I did all those things. Once a week ain't going to work, my guy. But I, I did, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> I, I tried all these things, bro, and I feel like I just can't get out of this stuff. I, I tried to have friends, but it didn't work. I tried to be open and like, oh, I'm going to hang out with them. Let me go chill with them and just be around the group. And that didn't work. And it feels like we're just stuck, bro. When my sons were on this treadmill and they were running, the illustration of this treadmill running, whether it's at 1, 8, 9, 15, whatever it is, this is what life looks like. It looks like I'm running in place. I'm staring at the same thing. Nothing changes. I get up in the morning. I brush my teeth. I take a shower. I get in the car. I go to a job that I hate. I leave from the job that I hate to go to lunch to think about how much I hate my job. I hate my life. I hate everything about everybody. I, I come back to work. I knock out my last little four hours. I punch out three minutes because the clock is ahead three minutes. So I punch out three minutes earlier, but I know that it's at three o'clock. So I'm good. I 27 so I'm good I leave I go to my car I go back home I sit in I take a shower maybe I eat some food and I sit in front and I watch 35 episodes of fill in the blank season that you're in right now and then I go to bed and then I wake up and I do it again and it feels like yo that's and then Friday comes along and yay Friday I don't gotta go to work and I wake up at 11 o'clock because I stayed up to four o'clock in the morning and then I'm, I'm sitting there I might go do some groceries I gotta do laundry and it just feels like you're on a cycle bro it's like you know just you're just in a cycle and you're, you're just stuck. This is what life feels like when you're around dead things. Yo, Chino, you've brought me to the lowest of lows. This is the most encouraging service that you will ever be at at Greater Church. God bless you. I got you feeling so good right now. Some of y'all are like, yo, I just, am I going to jump in front of a car? Like, what do I do, bro? Like, the window. Let me just, dun, 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 dun. let me just, I'm done. Like, yo, Chino, you got me super high. I got you super low, sorry, because I want to bring you, because I want you to see some things. Because if I can show you some things, the only way that you know that God is a healer is if you notice inside of you, I have a sickness. The only way that you understand, and one of the first keys to Alcoholics Anonymous, the very first thing that they teach you is, yo, you got to admit that you have a problem. And hopefully what I'm doing is that I'm painting such a huge picture for you to find yourself somewhere in there and says, that's me, bro. How did you know? They told you. I know they sent you an email. No, they didn't send me an email. And if they did, I probably didn't read it. But what I want you to understand is that if you see this, there's hope. There's actually a way to go up from being way down here. Simple. The Bible says that this man, he was finding himself in the tombs, constantly hurting himself. I mean, shackled, bound up. He was messed up. But then look at what the Bible says at the very beginning. He says, and this man 
I'm not going to come up on the screen because it's going to be too much for you to do it. It says that nobody can tame him day or night. He was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself. And the Bible says in verse 6, when he saw Jesus from afar off, he ran and worshipped him. We, we could put a little bit of, let's put a little bit of worship music. Give me some, some worship music. He ran and worshipped him. This is what he did. I'm hanging around dead things and dead people. I'm crying out all day long because I'm so tired of the life that I feel like I'm in chains and bondage. Nobody can tame me. Nobody could come to my life and explain to me, give me a book. I don't want to read none of that crap. I feel like I'm just stuck. But the Bible says that from afar off, yo, he wasn't close to Jesus. This wasn't a church member that gave tithes and walked up to the altar. This was a man who was broken far from God. The Bible says even in distance, he was afar off. And when he saw Jesus, the Bible says he ran to him. And he worshipped him. He started at that very moment, the very deliverance that would not only change his life, his family's life, but in just a second, you'll see it changed 10 cities. 10 cities. This man sees Jesus. When he goes up to Jesus, he's, the man goes up to Jesus, but then the demons start talking. They start manifesting. And Jesus, what he does, I love Jesus so much because Jesus, he, he's always going, he's not going to speak to your symptoms, right? He's going to speak to the disease. He's not going to speak to the little issues that you have. You're, you're broken and you're depressed and you're filled with anxiety and you're angry and you know you're filled with shame and bitterness and resentment and depression. Jesus is not going to speak to those things. He's going to actually speak to the problem because he wants to create a solution. So he's not going to speak to your anger. He's going to speak and bring healing to the fact that your dad didn't spend enough time with you. The brokenness in your life where your heart has been broken, I promise you that Jesus is not going to speak to the brokenness and the feeling that you have. He's going to speak to the very hurt that was created when that sexual abuse happened. But there has to be a running towards Jesus and a worshiping of Jesus. It's James chapter 4 verse 8 at the very top. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's in 1 John that it's clearly presented in such a beautiful way. And it says that God is a light. He's light. And in him, there is no darkness. But what we end up doing sometimes is that we try to carry these little seasons and these moments and these people. We're like, let me just, I'm going to keep them over here. I'm only going to call them when I want a booty call. Can you say booty call in church? I think you can. I'm only going to, I'm not, I'm only going to do this every now and then. I'm tired. I can, I can, I have, I, I can watch this because, you know, I've had a good week. I haven't sinned in a week. I'm going to do good. And we tend to hide these things from God. And we tend to, like, if he doesn't see these things, like if God is not a light, yo, if you want to find yourself healing, get away from dead things. Stop crying. Stop hurting yourself. Stop allowing for the enemy to chain you up and just bring those things to God. It was as simple as he's running to God that began a path for him to be set free from 6,000 demons. I can't imagine how much hurt he's done. I don't think we've ever, we've had, I don't even know how many deliverance. We had a bunch. We've, uh, there's been a bunch of deliverances that we've seen. I never, I don't think I've ever seen a deliverance. I, maybe Jason Peoples because he's more holier than me. I've never seen more than 30, 40 demons. Like I don't, that's crazy. 6,000 my guy. I don't know if you got 6,000 demons inside of you. We can help you. We've been there before. We've been trained. Nothing that should scare you. Doesn't make you ugly or far from God or, oh my God, I hate, you know. No, we, we can get you set free. 
But yo, this man was so broken. And yet the Bible says that he, he just came to Jesus and he worshiped him, called him by his name. And he was set free. That means that regardless of you being an eight-year-old kid that was running the streets, that was a gang member your entire life, and that you robbed, you stole, you hurt people, you shed blood, you did really bad things into your teenage years. At the end of the teenage years, you might even go to prison for five years. And you might get some serious offenses. And you might have some violent charges and you might have done some really dumb stuff. And nobody should give you the time of day. It means that even in that broken far from Godness, you can still come to God. And that he can actually begin to breathe purpose inside of you. That he can actually begin not only to forgive you of your sins, but to be able to use you to be able to go back and reach the people that are still found in those sins. That for no stretches of the imagination, should I be sitting here in front of you right now preaching the gospel of Jesus? I should have been dead. I should have been in prison because of the mistakes and the things that I did in my childhood years. I should have been dead. But God will transform me in the midst of my brokenness and my hurtingness and allow for me to get into a space where I no longer and bound by Satan the chains or the shackles of when I was an eight-year-old gang member or when I got sentenced to five years in prison when I was 19 but now I'm able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus because I ran to Jesus because I stepped forward I moved away from the tombs I let go of dead seasons I let go of dead people in my life I stopped crying about how bad it is and how messed up it is for people like me and I stepped into God's glorious light it was in the moment that I stepped to Jesus that he changed everything I'm not special. I might not have had 6,000 demons. That's a whole lot of demons. But I know that if, if God can do this with my life in his hand, I promise you that he can do it with your life in his hand. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you, would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms.